Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest can be seen starring in the 2021 movie Los Angeles, which is available right now on Amazon Video. You may have also seen her in several of your favorite drama series, including Station 19, Law & Order SVU, Criminal Minds, and more. Her name is Rebecca Kennedy, and she is here to talk about her recent starring role in PA and her latest projects and what she's doing now and her love for horror. So welcome to Talk Time Live, Rebecca. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. So I got a chance to see uh, you play the role as Jojo in Los Angeles and I thought it was very well done. Um, You made it look easy to do a role based on a character who is known to be a mute, which means that you have to rely on nonverbal communication, body language, stuff like that throughout the entire time. What went into the preparation of that uh, nonverbal role? And uh, did you find it challenging? Uh, Well, thank you so much, first of all. Thanks for checking it out. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's not too much different than preparing for a a normal speaking role uh, Mm -hmm. where, you know, where they have dialogue. It's just like you said, it's, it's more based on uh, verbal, nonverbal cues, like your face, your body, how can you communicate Mm -hmm. um, without, you know, going too over the top and and seeming like a mime. (laughs) Or cartoony, (laughs) right, exactly. Right, right. But also um, making it very clear and specific, what is you want so the audience can can follow along even if they don't exactly understand what she's saying at the exact moment um you know the audience isn't completely lost in and what you know what she's trying to communicate so i mean it was a challenge in that and finding that balance of not going overboard but also uh, not being too subtle so that people can't follow along um so that was that was definitely challenging in itself but playing her once i got in the mode of her. And once I understood like what she wanted, mm-hmm. it, it became much easier to, to communicate. And of course, um, that also is a big testament to my fellow. You started to embody the character. In other words, I'll take it. Right. Right. Yeah. Once I started to really understand like what she wants, what her journey is, yeah. um, it made it much easier. And, and also a shout out to my, my co-stars, especially, uh, Tony who played cash, Yes. Um, so easy to work with and that made it so much easier um because he was he, great he was great and just followed along and was really in it with me and so that that made it so much easier to for me to play and for me to to really be able to communicate because he just everything was you know reading on his face so. right 
what were your thoughts when they approached this role to you? Because this is like something you've never done before, I'd say. So like, this is like a no challenge for you. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So the casting director, uh, Kelly Knox, approached me with the script and was basically asked me if I would read it and I would, would I be interested in auditioning? And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look. You know, I read it and I instantly fell in love with Jojo. And I was like, oh, I, I definitely want to audition. I, I, you know, who knows, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> you never know in this world, but yes. I was like, I'll audition and see what happens. And thankfully, uh, Mitch uh, Temple, the director, brought me along uh, for the ride. It was it was a definitely an interesting audition experience because normally, you know, you have dialogue and, uh, you know, oftentimes I'll just kind of, rehearse with myself yeah. um but this time I had to actually ask my husband I was like can you read this with me because I need to make sure that what I'm doing makes sense <laughs> and you know because it's all like I'm taking all my cues off off him and and, and what he's doing and saying so he helped me and he was kind of like what is this like this is such an interesting weird weird thing uh right. so you know, I went in and um we did the scene and then he had us um improv as well so that was really fun to kind of get to, um, you know, see see what else I could bring to it, and right. that was kind of it. And then they offered me the part. So, so with that said, and your your embodiment of JoJo now, like when it comes to you and your husband, whenever you have like sort of little mini arguments, do you go into JoJo mode and just start going <laughs> at him now? <laughs> no, but I should. I see what happens when JoJo gets mad. So. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, I lock him in the car. <laughs> well, we'll let him back inside. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She's funny. So. In the movie, the uh, characters that interact with him, like Cash and all others, uh, kind of drew a different inference of uh, her throughout the entire movie. I saw her as any like sort of an evangelical, angelic figure willing to do whatever it is to help people uh, achieve their, you know, needed bliss, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. How did you see Jojo when you first read her and you learned and started, you know, discovering her? Yeah, very similar. I love that Mitch wrote it where it's very open to interpretation. People yeah. can kind of interpret how they want um, based on what they see. But I That's love art. no matter right, no matter what, <laughs> you know, she is a light. She is a light for mm -hmm. people. Um, and sometimes in their darkest moments, um, which is a beautiful thing and something I took away from her. Um, because it's so easy to dismiss people, especially when they're going through a hard time. Yeah. And I love that she she doesn't, she, she embraces them. She takes them in. Um, she doesn't judge them. She's not, uh, worried about their past of what they, what they've done. Um, it doesn't matter to her. It just here and now is what matters. Right. Um, and it, it was beautiful to see in that light too, because I mean, I felt like watching it after a while, I'm like, this is Disney after dark. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some that. really, you know, within all of this darkness and, and it's, and it's like, dark narrative there is some disney aspects to here that and you're kind of jojo's kind of that mascot character that helps bring light into all of it <laughs> right yeah no she yeah i love that i love that uh saying is is perfect um because she does you know and, and there's many ways you can look at many parts of the script um you know i know some people were turned off by by her the you know prostitution part of it yeah. um but you know, you never see anything. So like people could also interpret it as um, they, you know, the people she was with saw what they wanted to see. 
Right. Yet, you know, so I, I love that. Like, it's not answered for you. Um, that is very true. And I never, you know, I never thought about that in perspective. And it goes to show what, where everybody's thinking at the same time when you come across those seeds, you know, because you're right, right. They don't really show exactly what's going on, what's happening from there. It's up to uh, interpretation. You're right. So it, it just one of those uh, almost like, I guess, or I guess you would call it, uh, psycho, you know, uh, psychological or sociological, you know, tests. Right. Of making people understand what, you know, what do you see? Do you see gold? Do you see black? Right. <laughs> that type of right. thing. And and how the people, you know, no matter what happened, how their their lives were affected in some way um, for the for the better. You know? The end result. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, and you mentioned this, too, like Los Angeles is a very ambitious take on religion to some extent. Um, and it reminded me of movies like Kevin Smith's Dogma, because mm-hmm. That was a movie that really questioned religion and outraged a lot of faith-based groups around that. Were you guys worried about faith-based groups, groups, uh, you know, and how this was going to be received? I mean, we never really talked about it. Um, Mitch is a Catholic or used to be. I'm not sure if he's still practicing. Um, So that's kind of where some of that came from, Um, you know we didn't really discuss it as far as like, you know, being offensive, because like I said, I, I think people can take it how, how they want to. And we're not right. um, claiming that this is, this is anything um, right. other than fantasy, uh, which I love too. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of just going along for the ride and, and what happens mm-hmm. um, happens. And I, and I love that it, you know, kind of leaves it open even at the end um, that there could be another story. <laughs> You just segue right into my next question, because absolutely, this movie left it very open ended (laughs) and had me wondering, like, are we is this the last time we're going to see Jojo again? So I hope not. I I would love to play her again and and see what else what else she has in store, because I really think this is just the beginning. Yeah. You know, she um, you know, they talk about a little bit, but you didn't get to see too much of, of her past and that, you know, she was very sheltered, didn't go out much. Um, kind of stayed with her dad. Um, right. And this is her first, you know, journey in, into the world, so to speak. Yeah. So I would love to see what, where else she, where else she could go. I mean, I saw it as an opportunity to open to any type of, you know, format. I mean, even, you know, series based uh, or it's something like, it just really, I thought, it, I thought that the writing and directing was very well done to leave it to, can we do this again? Will we do this again? And, you know, what stories can come out of this? You know, there's so many directions and branches you can make from this whole entire thing. So I, I really like the way that that, that happened because it did leave me wanting <laughs> to find out more about Jojo or who she's going to interact with next. And how is that going to affect her? You know, well, that's great because that's that means, you know, uh, we've done our job if, if you want to know more. So <laughs> absolutely. So before I even go to continue, you actually just came back from my neck of the woods in Pennsylvania. And uh, you had some homework to do over there and a new project that you're working on. Um, can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, so I can give a little, a little, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's a mystery thriller um, about a young Amish woman who um, interacts, comes with, uh, you know, kind of on an adventure with, with a ex-priest. So that's kind of all I can say at this point. <laughs> enough said. <laughs> um, which hopefully it intrigues you enough to want to uh, watch the movie. <laughs> right. I mean, I noticed that this is a this is a your forte, pretty much. These the, these are genre of movies like rather thriller or horror based that you seem to really get into. I mean, you talk <laughs> about like you starring in uh, the horror movie Two Witches uh, mm-hmm. last year, which 
you were nominated for Best Actress. Congratulations at the Film Quest. Thank you very um, much. And for, you know, the role of Ma- uh, Masha, as well as several horror movies and thrillers that you in. What is it that intrigues you about horror and thriller? So it's interesting. I didn't necessarily set out to do them. Uh, when, I, <laughs> when I got into film and TV, I, I, it wasn't like, I was like, oh, I've got to do this. Because, um, you know, when you're starting out, you don't really have that option. Like you're kind Right. Of you just, just go for what you can get. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever, uh, whatever you book is kind of what you do. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I started out in, in theater and even in theater, I was always kind of drawn to the kind of the more dark um, roles, even though I started out doing musicals, which, which typically are not, um, <laughs> at least the ones I did were right. Wizard of Oz and things like that, that are not as, um, not as dark material. But right. when I started doing more plays, more straight plays, um, I found myself doing more um, of the heavier material. Mm-hmm. So when I transitioned uh, to, you know, film and TV, I was like, well, we'll just see, because you never know how the, how the audience, how casting, how directors are going to see, right. see you. Um, and so I, you know, started auditioning and the first few things I booked, you know, were house hunting, which was a psychological thriller, uh, <laughs> creature, which was a creature feature, uh, season of the witch with Nicolas Cage, which was, you know, um, not, not your typical horror, but had those elements. Right. Um, and I was like, this is really fun. And I love horror. I, I grew up watching it, watched my first, uh, what is it about it that you, that, uh, that you like about it? Cause I'm, I'm like, I, I, I pick and choose my horror. So. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah. My husband is the same way. Um, I'll watch anything. <clears throat> and he's like, it's gotta be, you know, um, I don't know. There's something about, I mean, hopefully if they're good, the unpredictability, um, having those, you know, kind of butterflies, not yeah. knowing what's gonna, what's gonna unfold, um, mm-hmm. seeing how the story is going to, where it's going to take you and, and, um, and, and hopefully give you some, you know, some scares as well. Right. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I watched. It was the first miniseries. Like I, I was like eleven when I when I watched oh, that. Oh wow! Yeah, I kind of hooked after that. <laughs> um, so so you know, booking them, getting to do them is kind of it's been uh, really beautiful because I it's kind of full circle. Didn't really know that's where I was going to land, but right um, here I here I am. <laughs> so that's awesome. Like I, I grew up with the with the Jasons and the Freddy Krueger era. In the Mike Myers era. So I was okay with that because in certain ways it wasn't that horror thriller. And then like the Japanese thrillers came out and I was like, Oh, this is a little bit too much. It was like, it was like Goldilocks and the three bears. This was a little, this wasn't enough. This was too much. I need my middle. I think Jordan Pill has created my middle in terms of psychological thrillers and whatnot in horrors yeah. at this point. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a slow burn for me, but the ones that you've been in, I've been like, this is interesting. <laughs> And you, and you, and you assimilate to it very well. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah. I mean, these are great because, you know, obviously you're using your imagination in in all, in all work, but you really get to use your imagination when you're doing um, these, you know, a thriller or horror, um, even in the subgenre, you know, um, because there's so much that you, that you're getting to do that, you know, know, hopefully we'll never experience in life. Um, so you're really, yeah, you're really getting to, to go there, especially with two witches. Um, I play, um, someone that's evil this time instead of, right. instead of a victim. So I, I, we got to play around with, uh, faces and, and how to make the most grotesque extreme face that I could mm-hmm. and 
all those kind of things that you don't get to do in a drama. Although I love them. I watch <laughs> dramas. I watch comedies. I'd love to be in anything really, but it's just stuff you don't get to explore in, um, in those kind of, uh, genres that you get to in horror. So when you like, here's the thing too, when you do like, when you play the bad guy or horror or whatever, like that, does that, do you get to take uh, liberties with roles like that as opposed to being the, you know, the protagonist, if you will, or, you know, the good guy or the victim or whatever like that? It, do, do they allow you to like go a little bit extra? Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely something we discussed. Um, how far is too far yeah. and how much isn't enough? Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the director uh, beautifully comes in and, and uh, Pierre, you know, who directed Two Witches um, was great at that, of being like, okay, you can go more, you can go more. Because, right. you know, when we're doing it, we don't know what it looks like, right, until you until you see the playback. So right. um, you're not sure how it's coming across, or maybe you're doing something that's not even scary, but it feels scary right. or whatever. So, yeah, he was great about really letting me push the boundaries and really letting me play yeah. um, and and go as far as we could without you know, eating the scenery too much. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, without being totally unbelievable. Um, and I love that Masha kind of goes back and forth between like, you know, being the monster, but also having this vulnerable side um, mm-hmm. that she can kind of turn on and off to to lure people in. Oh, all I, all I remember fondly is the the rabbit scene with you and uh, Danielle Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was just intense. <laughs> <laughs> And she's so wonderful. She's oh, she so is great awesome. To work with. Yeah. <laughs> Danielle is just, uh, she's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I, yeah. I've gotten to work with her twice now and she's just a, such a treat. Absolutely. So you had the chance to work like not only horrors and thrillers, but you've been in like a lot of great drama series playing roles in there as well. Like even like overall, just like what is, what would you say is some of the best experiences you had in terms of filming and, or even working with actors? That's, that's a great question. It's so hard to pick um, best or favorite because mm-hmm. it feels like you're picking a kid. Let's say memorable. <laughs> right. Cause every, every experience has, has been different and good in a, in a different way. Um, probably one that sticks will always stick with me um, is definitely law and order SVU for mm. sure. Um, just working on that show for two weeks. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was just such an incredible experience. Everybody there was so kind and welcoming Mm -hmm. and open, open to ideas, open to play, you know, they weren't, uh, so like, this is what it says. So you must do this. Um, which was, which was great. Um, and you know, working with Kelly Giddish, um, and Mershka, of course, um, but I worked with Kelly more closely and she was just so open and honest and mm-hmm. vulnerable and ready. Um, you know, and that was really beautiful because you never know when, you know, when you're coming in, you know, they're getting new guest stars every, every two weeks, it's, it's right. a lot for meeting new people. And I didn't feel like that. It, it felt like they welcomed me in and it, it I had been there forever. Like it just it's like going into welcome. Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just really, uh, and playing Esther, um, was such an incredible experience and people, uh, still find me from it and still refer to me <laughs> as her. And, um, which I love, it was funny on station 19, the, the promo came out mm-hmm. and I was in it and people were like, Oh my God, it's Esther from SB. <laughs> like, yes, I will be forever her, which, which is beautiful. She was such a unique, interesting character and, one that I feel so blessed and lucky. And you always want to be that. I mean, like if you look back at Seinfeld, we look at that, like some two that would have been a decade or two. Now we still know people from specific episodes and and iconic episodes like that. So that's a mark 
that you absolutely want to make in your career. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm so grateful for that, that they, um, that, that the fans loved and embraced her so much, which is such a really beautiful and not expected. I right. didn't know how, you know, you never know how people are going to be received, so. So, you know, like any art form, pursuing uh, acting or any art form, I should say, like, is really not for the weak at heart, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and I hate to say it that way, but it's the reality of it. Um, anything that involves any type of art form and you just, you know, taking a risk and putting yourself out there. Was there like a time that you second guessed your journey or was it just like full force? I got, you know, I got this. I know this is my, you know, gift, my talent. You know, I'm going to go no matter what. I would be lying if I said never. I mean, I mm -hmm. a lot, um, all, maybe not all the time, but right. uh, a lot of the time um, I am often wondering uh am I doing, am I in the right place? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, is this ever going to happen kind of thing? Um, which I think all actors go through no matter where they are in their career. Um, at some point they have felt that. Um, it's, it's hard. I, you know, I just came back, like you talked about, I just came back from Pennsylvania for a project yeah. and I'm already like, okay, what, what's, what's next? next? I'm, I'm ready to, I'm you know. glad you said that because I, you know, like I said, art in general, because even me with every project that I do or any interview that I do or something like that, there's a middle section. There's a little bit of a of a uh, time off period during these chapters that we go through. And it's just like you're so jittery because when you get to do these projects, it's so exciting. It's yeah. a rush. There's a, a sense of surreal <laughs> into it. And then when it's all over, it's like, oh, the adrenaline. It's tough right. Still. You know, you're good for like a couple days and you need the break because you're tired. Right. And then it wears off and you're like, okay, now, now <laughs> what? Um, but you know, through the through the 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 hard chapters, um, I have definitely learned to and continue to learn to really um take what I have gotten and be really thankful for it, like every day on set. Um because I don't know when the next, you know, we don't know when the next time will be. Um, even if you're on a show, it could get canceled. Like anything can happen. Um, That's, I've heard that from every actor. Yeah. You <laughs> ever had a chance to talk to. Like, yeah. There's, there's never a guarantee. There's no guarantees. <laughs> so, yeah. So I try to remind myself every time, like every morning, um, especially if it's going to be like a hard day. Yeah. Um, like, God, I'm so thankful to be here. Yeah. Was there ever a plan B? No. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as I have questioned things, um, I don't have a backup. So um, it's I don't now know or never, now or forever. Yeah. So I got it. I'm, I'm like, well, I don't know if I should be doing this, but I better figure it out because I got nothing else. <laughs> and I like, and I dig that. Now, it, actually, it almost sometimes I think because you don't have a plan B, it it makes you want to work even harder because there's nothing else there. You can't you can't settle on the the cushion that you can yeah. land on. There's nothing to land on. So it's like, you know, you got nothing to lose much more to gain in some cases in this. Right. So, no, I, I, I get... know. I, I'm trying to remember who just said it. I think it was Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. um, like you never know what's around the corner. If you quit, you like could just be like days away from something that could change everything. Like you just never know. The book of Hanks is never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca, thank you. I want to uh, give you a big thanks for coming on. This is awesome. I've uh, been waiting. We've been waiting forever to try to talk to each other. I know. Thank you so much for your patience and uh, understanding. And 
And I was really like my first rodeo. I knew how you guys work hard out there. So <laughs> I knew we would eventually get in touch. And it's just I knew it was going to be, you know, as much fun as I, uh, as it has been. So awesome. I got two more questions for you. Yes. Um, so one of them is a game I want to play with you right now. OK, just a bit of fantasy cast, if you will. So if it was up to you. Who would you, who would be your ideal actors? It doesn't matter how many it could be, you know, as much as one or or five or whatever, um, you know, your ideal actors and what would you like to work with or like that you want to work with and what type of project would you, would it be uh, like in terms of movies, TV shows, and even, even animated as well? Oh, that's such a good question. And so <laughs> hard. Um, why would you do that to me? No. Um, it's my thing. Okay. So <laughs> obviously like my list is long, so I obviously can't name every actor that I would like to work with, but in a, in a, in a fantasy world, uh, let's go with TV, mm-hmm. right? Uh, All right. That. You're talking uh, drama or sitcom? Drama. Maybe okay. drama, but like has like a, just since we've been talking about thriller, thriller flair, maybe like gotcha. it's got like something going on that more than just like, a, you know, drama. We're, tra- we're talking Greg Berlanti or Dick Wolf? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a mix. Can we do a mix since it's a fantasy? It's your fantasy. <laughs> just, you know, merge them together. Right. We'll just push them together, make a new, uh, new genre. Um, <laughs> all right. We got like, um, you know, my, I die to work with Meryl Streep. Like one of my, so I don't even know if I could be in the same. I think there's every, if there's a drafting. I think everybody gets Meryl Streep yeah. in your squad. Yeah. Just before, before she like retires one day. Just would love to be on a set with her at right. some point. Um, Denzel Washington, he's amazing. Um, I don't know who these characters. That's two you can't go wrong with, right? Now. Right. I don't know who they play, but it doesn't matter because they'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what they played. Uh, all right, let's uh, go back a little younger. Let's go with um, who's been a more of a new new actor that I really love, Jodie Comer. Okay. I'm not familiar. So um, she re- most recently was in uh, Free Guy with Brian Re- Reynolds. Okay, now you're getting me somewhere. <laughs> what yeah. character? Uh, the the main the main woman the main. Oh, woman actress. okay. Enough said. Okay, yeah. I'm well aware. I literally just watched that for the second time just uh, last week, so I'm well aware. And she's killing it on Killing Eve. It's just she plays an assassin in that show. So just I don't know. What she, again, I don't know what she'd be, but she'd be great. Right. Like um, I think Meryl Streep and, and, and Denzel Washington alone are the only people that can do Good Burger and, and get an Oscar for it. Yes, yes. So it doesn't matter what we're in, it'll be good. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, uh, like who else? Um, I'm trying to think of my list of people. Uh, Viola Davis would be amazing. Oof. Oh, that oh, that would be powerful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that but is I, that, I, that literally is a power set. I can watch, to be honest. Like, I'm <laughs> Just give me a line. I don't just need one line. That's great <laughs> to work with those kind of people. Um, and then let me let me think of one more. Gotcha. Um, just for uh, let's see who. What's another guy? Um, now I've gone blank because uh, so many. <laughs> I mean, just since we're doing old kind of old school, uh, let's go with Morgan Freeman because he's amazing. So even if he just does the narration <laughs> yeah he could just be like Mary of my life exactly matter of fact everything you've done yeah he's <laughs> like be awesome if he just did the, the the sequel to uh 
<laughs> he, could, he could like do my thoughts for for the sequel to Los Angeles. Sold. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> well, one more question for you, and. Honestly, like when it comes down to it, and I know you you still got a lot more road in your career to go, but what would it, what is the biggest lesson that you've uh, learned so far in your journey as an actor? Like, what are you what what lesson that you that carries with you at all times? That everything takes time. Hmm. It just takes time to get rep. Like, especially if you move to like let's say Los Angeles or New York, especially. Yeah. Um, it takes time then to get auditions. It takes time then to book. It yeah. takes time for casting and producers and directors and many of the people that make the decisions yeah. to know who you are and to care. Um, it just, nothing happens overnight. I, I hate that the media. This misconception. Always- it is one of the biggest, not only just the media, but fans. Yeah, I mean, like they came out of nowhere and then you look and they've been working for 10. Plus. And, and, and we and we know by the old saying, you know, it took like uh, 40 years to do a 15, you know, to get 15 minutes of or something. What's the term of that? You know, it took like five to 10 years to, you know, get a 15 minutes of fame or whatever. Right, right. I'm, like I'm probably misquoting that. I'm pretty sure I am, but that you get my drift with that. <laughs> yeah, 20 years uh, to do be an overnight success, you know. That's kind of, it. Thank you. <laughs> Um, that, that I wish I, um, had taken into consideration sooner, but yeah. definitely remind myself, uh, all the time when I feel like things are not moving quick enough, yeah. um, that it just, that it just takes time and everybody's journey is going to be different. Yeah. Um, I love the, I remind myself daily, uh, comparison is a thief, thief of joy yeah. and not to compare to other actors and other actors journeys. Cause they're, they're all different and we're all in the place that we are, um, and that's, and that's, that's okay. Enough said. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you so very much for coming on the show. It's been pretty awesome to have you. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you got going on next. Cause you never know where you're going to see you, but we do know <laughs> it's probably going to scare the living crap out of us. Yes, <laughs> yes, most likely. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Not a problem. But if you don't mind before you go, um, if, let us know what you, uh, what you got up, uh, what's next for you as well as plugs. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of next, uh, which is exciting, I am going to Chicago um, the middle of this month for a film called The Unseen, um, where I can't really talk about it too much yet, but hopefully I will be back on here. And we so can- at the moment, it will be unheard. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Unseen and unheard. Um, I, I, yeah. So um, and then I have another uh, film uh, called The Demons Within um, that I, I can talk about that one that I play uh, someone who is possessed. So that's going to be really <laughs> fun. Of course, right? Lovely. Of course. Uh, so those are a few of the things coming up and some other things I can't talk about yet, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to soon. <laughs> and uh, if you want your listeners to find you as well as yeah. others, uh, where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Becca, B-E-K-A-H-K. And then on Twitter at Rebecca Kennedy as well. So. Awesome. Rebecca, you've been awesome. I look forward to everything that you're going on. And for you, I will, I will threshold my fear of horror. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate But we'll that. watch you on the other drama shows just to, you know, dilute my fear. Like, at least Los Angeles wasn't scary. I had no Los there. Angeles like, was totally fine. Scary. And I'm like, no, like look at the trailer. It's not you try. Yeah, all right. You're trying to get us again, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. That my friend literally was like, 
about the one I'm doing, you just finished in Pennsylvania. She's like, you're trying to trick us, right? <laughs> <laughs> no hammers will be going on anybody's head anytime soon. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this very special interview with myself and Rebecca Kennedy. On behalf of myself and Rebecca, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care and have a great one. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.